morning everyone so as you can tell that was the theme song all last week of EBS I think you played it twice a day so they got the dance moves down so they had a great time you guys had fun last week it was awesome right huh four times a day how's everyone doing you guys who's getting dunked today <laughs> you get dunked every year, don't you? <laughs> he just likes to get in the Northeast River. So we'll have medics standing by. <laughs> All right.
so we're a little bit late because I wanted to wait till everybody got done dancing like an Egyptian up here. You want to do it again at the end? How you feeling, Jack? Good. <laughs> he always comes in. He's he's like just. What? You always come in the church and you're always so like just multitasking and got things in your mind. I I can tell he's thinking of like five different things at one time. I I tried to ask him. He's like, what? What? What's going on? That's right. <laughs> That's why I hide. Are right, you guys. doing sitting down? Get up. Y'all don't want to stand up today? Oh man. It gets easier. I get you guys to stand up again later. All right, so you guys, uh, you want to? Let's open the prayer, uh, Lord God. You know, we're just uh, we're just humbled to be here today. We just want to we just want to ask that you join us in our in our in our praise and our worship, and want to ask that you uh, that you that you open our hearts and and just uh, give us a give us a new meaning today. Give us a new a new light to to, to shine for to others, and and uh, just 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 uh, just give us that 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 spirit. That, that you want to uh, instill on us today, Lord, just uh, and always be asked in your precious name. Amen. All right. Whoops. You guys ready? Ready when you are. <laughs> I know. It's always, always waiting on me, right? All right. One, two, three. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. With all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. I will serve the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. I will serve the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. With all my strength I will love you Sing it out I will love you I will 
you all because he's about ready to do a dance up here right Chris there we go we're singing how marvelous how wonderful and my song shall ever be how marvelous how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. Stand amazed. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me. A sinner condemned unclean. Sing it out, church. Let me hear you. Singing how marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever 
Savior's love for me. took my sins and my sorrows he made them his very own yes, and he bore the burden to Calvary and suffered and died alone singing in glory his face I last shall see it will be my joy through the ages to sing of his love for me what is it? how marvelous singing how marvelous All right, church, want to hear you sing it? Sing it to him. Singing how, how wonderful to me 
Lord God, we just want to thank you right now in the still this room that we that you are just so worthy and so awesome and incredible. And so, God, our, our main reason for living is not, not just being here today, but our main reason for living is to live a life of worship. That each and everything that we do, that's not just about Sunday at this time, but it's about each and every day. And so, God, I pray for every person here, for those who are watching as part of church online. I just thank you that you're, that you're a mighty God and that you just love us so much. And, uh, and, God, we dedicate this whole entire day and our lives to you, working us. And, God, that's what we're here for, to worship you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 
All right, now the kids are going to stay put because I believe um, uh, what, 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 I'm going to have everybody else sit down. But um, uh, the kids, the ones who are here, we had a, we had a packed out house uh, this week. And I know some may not be here. I'm going to ask them to come, come up, and they may have to turn around a little bit because they're going to do some, uh, some motions and some other stuff, right? So if you were in VBS, part of VBS, and any teachers that want to come up, come on up too as well. Help them out. Um, we had a great time. Um, so come on up front. from the screen. Okay, here we go. All right, so we had a ton of kids. This place was packed. And, um, and so, you know what? Guess what? Welcome to Vacation Bible School. You guys get to be part of this, right? Don't you think they should do this with you? Yeah. All right, so here you go. So we're going to play one of the songs. They're going to go ahead. Um, but I said we had it. We had, anybody know how many? You know how many, Melissa, were here? 63 or something a night, kids. Um, that's just the kids. And they, were, it was, they had a blast, right? Did you guys have fun? Okay, so they're acting all shy now, but you should have seen them. You know, it's like, ah, you know. All right, so here you go. Um, We're going to play. Go ahead, Melinda, with a song. All right, and you guys can turn around if you need to. This is the one. Which one they want to do? Okay, Melinda, which one? Children of God. Give them that one. You guys want to do the children one, right? Okay, they want to do the children one. So that gave you a little bit of taste right there. All right, I have no clue what my son was doing there. But. Okay, yeah. uh, 
Jana was multitasking, reading a book at the same time. It's good stuff, all right? Welcome to Vacation Bible School, okay? Right, teachers? If you uh, taught or helped out, just kind of stand up where you are, all right? And right here, um, come on up. We got to get a look at our, our main, it was about, who was it about? Kids, who was it about? They just walked out. Joseph. And here's Joseph. Right here, there's Joseph. Right here. That's good. That's good. He learned all kinds of stuff. Anything, anything you got on your mind, Joseph? Well, we learned a lot about hope. God gives us hope. Yeah. I was joking. And microphones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we God gives us hope. God gives us wisdom uh, to use our gifts to help other people. And also that uh, God gives us the big gift of forgiveness. If we hold on to anger, that kind of destroys the great things in life. So Joseph learned that by forgiving his brothers, he got his family back. And he got to rejoice with them. So that's what we were teaching the kids this week. And we had a lot of fun, and the kids were great. And you even learned some dances, right? Yeah, yeah. That's right. We got to dance with Pastor Jack, who's the royal dance instructor. That's right. Just saying. Right. The Egyptian what? Whip, whip. and nene. Okay. Nay-nay. That's all Twerk like an Egyptian. Okay, we yeah, had some of that. Just fleas. let you know. All right. Yeah, it was good. It was good stuff. So. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, that's Joseph. Right. Thanks. All right. Let's hear it for Joseph. All right. If you see people, the, the instructors that are tired, you know why. So I mean, it was good stuff, though. Okay. Welcome to Haven Church. Uh, if you're visiting with us, we're glad that you're here. And um, we hope that you have a great time. Just relax. Um, I know many of you are going to connect today to the baptismal service that we're going to have right after church. So what, what I'm going to do for time, I won't um, probably greet everyone at the door, but hopefully there'll be some greeters and other people that'll That'll uh, say things. If you have any questions, by all means, let us know, and we'll be glad to connect to you. Uh, Sunday school can go ahead and head out now, right now. Um, <clears throat> and while they're doing that, just say hi to people around you. Just say hi. Go ahead. Say hi. All right. Hey, Wayne. Is, is she using this? Okay. Uh, uh, this is my stuff. Um, so, uh, for those of you about, uh, for those of you who are joining again today, welcome, welcome those who may be joining for the first time or may repeatedly part of our church online, um, group and, uh, yeah, welcome to you too. All right. So that's good. Uh, can you believe we're coming up on half the year down, right? Which means half the summer over, Bill, get your snow shovel ready. All right. Um, so. Uh, you can read some of the announcements. One is about becoming a member of Haven. You can look at that information there. Um, also, still have a, a, some information about a longer-term middle school teacher or teachers. Um, if a couple people want to do it, it's a great opportunity to share. Um, baptismal service, we talked about that right after church. If you didn't sign up but still want to um, go ahead and participate in the future, go ahead and do that. You can... Um, you can contact Debbie. Vacation Bible School, again, thanks to all the kids, over 60 kids, um, a night um, for everybody. You can see all the different people there. Melissa Cohen, my wife, she uh, helped coordinate everything and did awesome with her leadership. And you met Joseph here today and everybody else who participated and kept them, kept them rolling along. All right. Uh, also today, right after church, um, we're going to have the baptism. And then after church, um, after the baptism, we're going to go to um, Keith's house, um, Keith Edwards' house. And the information's in the bulletin. And um, it's, a, it's a men's group barbecue. So how many men like to eat? All right. 
Well, well, go ahead. You can come out. Right, Fred? Um, if somebody didn't sign up, do they need just bring something fun? Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're guys. We'll eat shoes if we need to. So, you know, but, but come on out. Um, as long as we barbecue it, it's good, right? So, but we'd love to have anybody come out. You're more than welcome to. And, um, and it would be awesome to have you there today. All right? Um, and then Baby Bottle Drive, I thank you. I want you to look at that number. Uh, Judy's away today, but you can see um, 1,123.42 is what we raised for the pregnancy center. So good job. That's awesome. That he was, he was overwhelmed and so thankful. Our goal was to collect 1,000, and you made, you made that. So that is incredible. Um, Shelly, you want to come up here and say something about Monarch? Today you got a handout in your bulletin, and that's what I'm going to talk about. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Shelley Bordley, and I'm a member of, a board member of Monarch Recovery Ministries. As Jack has talked about, this community and the nation is in the midst of a drug epidemic. The good news is there are places like Monarch Recovery Ministries, and they're helping people who are in desperate need of support and transformation of their lives. We're currently running three recovery houses in the county, with a fourth being prepared to open soon. Most of the people that come to these houses have nothing, and they're desperately trying to get their lives back on track. Not having the most basic of necessities to start a new life can be very discouraging. I'm going to tell you a story about a woman that we helped, and her name was Tammy. Tammy had just gotten out of jail. She had remained clean in jail, and now that she was out, she was looking for a place to stay clean. She tried living with a friend, but the friend was using drugs, and one night the police came and arrested her friend and took her to jail. Tammy was now on the streets with nowhere to go. Someone had her call Pastor Phil. We put her in Jane's house right away. We didn't ask for a deposit or a rent payment. We just took her in. She only had the clothes on her back and nothing else. We took her shopping at Walmart. We got her the basic necessities and and some clothes. The health department was able to fund her for housing for six weeks, and this has given her time to find a job. The Jane's house provided her with a clean living environment to help her stay sober. So what I'm asking for today is that we help these individuals. I'd like to start collecting simple items that we can make welcome kits, things like toothpaste, soap, deodorant, shampoo, hairbrushes, combs. These things may seem small, but they make a huge difference to someone who's trying to get their life back on track. So I have a basket out in the lobby to collect these items, and if you have any other questions, you can see me, or if you want to uh, talk about other ways that you can help, just contact me. Thanks. Thank you, Shelley. Yeah, we definitely, um, that's, that's been a, definitely a, a God movement ministry that's, that's occurred that we've been very active in, and I'm thrilled to, to be part of that. Um, okay, the other thing was Paris Foundation. Uh, Paris Foundation, we have a, a clipboard, right? Okay. All right. So July 17th is our next time that we're going to serve at Paris. And so they're going to pass this around. Make sure it gets across the aisles. Also, if you'd like to participate in your online, please go ahead and, and just send something to info at HavenCC, and we'll connect you with uh, HavenCC.org. And we'll make sure that you get connected to the right people. But that's been a great ministry that we've, we've had there as well. All right, um, we have some prayer requests. Number one, I want to clarify one thing. Ray's here today. Um, 
it, a prayer request went out that it was his son, Ryan. Ryan had been, had surgery and been in the hospital, but Ray was the one who was in the hospital this week. Right, Ray? Yeah. Yep. And he's back. So God took the prayers for Ryan and put them on Ray. So that just goes to tell you, God will take your prayers and do what needs to be done with them. So we're glad Ray's here. You feeling better? Right, all right, so, um, that's right, just keep praying. Pray without ceasing, right? Uh, the scripture does say with groans and wor- that words cannot express, so God takes our groans. Sometimes, have you ever been to this point where you've got to pray for something, you just go, uh, right? There you go, that's a prayer. God will take it and make it make something. So we want to go to our prayer, um, our prayer list now. We want to continue to lift up Billy Ross in uh, prayer as he's recovering now, um, from, uh, from the accident that he had. Also, um, uh, John Campus has um, left the uh, rehab facility, but he's still going through. Um, it's, it's a miracle what's going on in his life. He's lost a lot of weight, but keep praying for specifically his voice and his tongue and other kinds of stuff that just by lack of use hasn't been there. So pray for him and his recovery process as well and back to full health. Um, Gary and Liz have lifted up uh, Roger Howe, who's starting can- uh, treatment for cancer. Uh, we also want to lift up the Lindsay family and uh, their son, Jacob, who, uh, um, who uh, was killed in an accident this week and is just graduated, right? Just graduated high school. So we want to go ahead and lift the Jacob Lindsay family up in your prayers as well. Um, and please keep all these others in your prayers, prayer as well. All right? Let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Heavenly Father, we come to you today, and um, there are so many, so many needs, so many concerns. And, and God, if you're, if you're like me, it feels like the treadmill is running and running and running, and, um, and sometimes you don't know where, uh, where it's going to stop, if it's ever going to stop. Um, and so you feel like you're, you're losing tread at times in life. Uh, this is, it seems like summer is the time where a lot of people used to say, oh, now time to relax and get some recuperation. But it seems like we're running even all the more. And so God, right now, I just ask that you be with everyone who is... Who is, uh, who is traveling, uh, those of our own who are traveling, anyone who, give traveling mercy to everyone on the road, protect them, guide them, uh, and, and just, uh, God, bring back that restoration um, and, and that healing so we can kick back and, uh, and, and go forward to have the strength to do what you call us to do. There's so many prayers that we had here, uh, a couple with accidents, um, some that are recuperating and working through a long recuperation, others, God, who have... Um, who were in an accident, and now they deal with a, a loss in their family, of a, a family member. Only you can bring that, that peace to that loss there, God. And, um, and so many other things. People are dealing with cancer. Um, those who have graduated, who are looking for transitions of life, whether from college to the work world or to a graduate school, or for those from high school that are looking to go to a college and work through those things. Whatever it may be, Lord, we just pray that you will be uh, the God of both the same and the God of change, that you'll just be there with them, guiding them and saying, this is the way, walk in it. And so with the remainder of our time here today, with all this kind of uh, beauty and, and chaos and a mix of all those things, God, we stop right now just to thank you for the many blessings that you've given to us. There are so many. Uh, and and I, I feel honored to be the pastor of a church that reaches out and helps the least of these as you as you talked about, as we have through Monarch, those who are struggling and, and those um, with Paris Foundation who are struggling in, in many other ways. But God, you have called us to do so many things and to be your hands and feet. And so God, we can only do that through the gifts of others. And uh, we set a goal and we hit it for the uh, pregnancy center. And God, I thank you for those who gave there. 
but there's always a need in our world. And so right now, God, as we get, take this time to give you your tithe and give out of our, our love for you an offering, we ask, I ask that your Holy Spirit be upon these gifts, upon the giver and the tither, whether they're here, whether they're right now uh, clicking a button and going ahead and, um, and offering online. Uh, whatever it may be, God, you take that not to use here for this kingdom to say it's our kingdom, but it's all for your kingdom. And um, we are just a cog in that works. And we give you praise for who you are in Christ's mighty name. Amen. Good morning. 
That was a great job, Eden. Scripture reading this morning is from Mark, chapter 9, verses 14 through 29. Jesus heals a boy possessed by an impure spirit. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and they ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. The man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of his speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground, and he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought, so they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he was dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, Why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, This kind can only come out by prayer. Just, yeah, there we go. How you doing? All right, a short one today, right? Short little intro. Get used to it. You'll see it for a couple weeks. All right. So, welcome. Everybody good? Everybody good? You got to be awake for this one, right? Got to be awake. Got to be awake. So, here we go. We are uh, starting a new series called uh, That One Thing, and no, I'm not going to break into a song, You Have That One Thing or whatever. What is it, One Direction? Is that who it is? Yeah, look at that. You might see me. Maybe, maybe I will. You never know. Um, so, but I'm um, glad everybody's here. Thank you, Rachel, for reading that today. Um, if you have your Bibles or if you have your app, um, Bible app or something like that, um, we are going to be today in Mark chapter 9 mostly. Um, we will go to some other areas a little bit. And I will also check back and even reread some of the things that Rachel did for us just to go, um, just to go, uh, go through a little bit more. But, um, I just kind of want to open a little bit with prayer, all right? I'm going to open with prayer, just kind of get us together um, as we, we just heard, heard the Word of God, and so we want to go ahead and just focus. So if you'll just bow your heads real quick one more time. Lord God, once again, we come to you, and I just thank you for, uh, for the honor that we have of worshiping uh, you here today and really dealing with the thing um, today, the thing that we have, and, um, and throughout this series, the one thing. Um, so God, just take this wherever you want. And, um, and just do something awesome with it and in people's lives. 
We give you praise for who you are. And everybody says, amen. All right. I want you to right now as we get, we're going to, today's title message is called The Thing. The Thing. So I want to look at, I want you to look at the person next to you. I want to tell, I want you to say, he knows about the thing. All right. Look at the person that, get, get, don't, don't, don't let anybody else get away with it. Look at somebody else and say, he knows about the thing. He knows about the thing, right? Okay, so uh, everybody feel nervous today? Good. What we have, we have a powerful account here in Mark chapter 9. A very powerful account where here you have uh, Jesus and he's coming down a mountain. You have this boy who's like in the seizures, being thrown, thrown down these seizures. A desperate father. While Jesus um, was doing something else, which we'll talk about in a second, all of a sudden you have uh, him, the, this chaos that's ending up down on the ground in the valley because uh, they took him to the disciples. The disciples couldn't do anything. And now everybody's flipping out. Everybody's, everybody's upset and the father's really messed up. So I want to backtrack a little bit. And again, if you have your Bibles, we're gonna go, I want to start by Mark chapter 2. And Mark chapter two, uh, 9, excuse me, Mark chapter 9 verse 2 begins with an event called the transfiguration. And, um, and it, it starts this way in uh, Mark 9, 2. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up to a high mountain. They were all alone, and there he was transfigured. Actually, the Greek word is the ter- where we get our term metamorphosis. So Jesus actually went through a metamorphosis there. And um, it says uh, he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, Whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And then all of a sudden, if that wasn't weird enough, that all of a sudden he's like, and he changes and he's so bright and everything else. And then all of a sudden, two other people show up, Moses and Elijah. Elijah was whisked away in a chariot fire, and God buried Moses' bones. God took care of them. All right? So here we have Moses and Elijah, representatives of the, uh, the law and the prophets that are here. Now imagine if you're Peter, James, and John. You just went up to the mountain, and all of a sudden Jesus goes, you know, he's, he's glowing. And then all of a sudden, ah, just Moses is in the neighborhood, and neither, so is Elijah. You're freaking out a little bit, am I right? And all of a sudden, Simon Peter says, this is pretty awesome. This is very, very cool. And then what's cool about this is this account of Scripture is in three of the scriptures. It's in uh, Mark, Luke, and John. And the most detail is done in Mark's gospel, which is weird because Mark never gives the most detail, right? Disciple people, disciple Bible say. Mark always gives, he talks like a little kid. He goes, um, and then immediately Jesus went here, and then uh, Jesus went, and, and immediately, and he ran, and he went, and then, right? It's all constantly, and now here he is. It's all these like little, you ever, you ever have a conversation with a little kid? Like, what'd you do last week? And then we went, and then and immediately, and uh, right? It's exhausting. Am I right? And if you want to get exhausted, read the book of Mark. It, Jesus is like, he's like track star. Jesus Christ, track star. You know, he's just running all around everywhere. And it's, it's, it's like crazy. But what we find out, Mark gives details that the other scriptures don't. That he, when he was transfigured, his clothes were whiter than anybody could bleach them. Moses and Elijah show up. And P- then he has what Simon Peter says. He says, you know what? This is cool. He's, you know, Simon Peter always has uh, foot and mouth disease. He doesn't know what to say, and he just says something. And we, we beat him up a lot about it, but I can see the other disciples like. And so Peter just says stuff. At this point, Peter says, um, this is pretty cool. I got an idea. How about if I build, like, 
some, some shelters, like we'll build one for you and one for Moses, one for Elijah. This is so cool. We'll just sleep outside. You know, it's pretty awesome. Uh, what do you think, Jesus? So this is what's going on here. Then all of a sudden, you hear this voice. This is my son who I love. Listen to him. Now, what I think is really interesting is Mark, who gives no indicator, in verse 2 says, it begins and says, after six days. Now, that's not just thrown in there. Why is after six days? Was it six days from that rash he had? You know, I mean, was it six, day, six days from a toothache? Now, what is the significance of the six days? Well, it's important because at this point, God is connecting some important people. He's connecting Moses with Jesus. And if we go back to Exodus, we learn that Moses Six days, after six days went up to a mountain, there was a cloud and there was no response from God. But after six days, God broke through and gave him something that we find important still to this day called the Ten Commandments. He had three people with him that were named and 70 elders. Moses, when he saw God, would cover his face with a veil because the people couldn't deal with what is called the Shekinah or the glowing glory of God on his face. And when Moses came down off the mountain, he saw a rebellious Lost people, he found a mess, and they created a golden calf and worshipped it. They had run out of faith because it took God too long by their schedule. Jesus, after six days of what? After he spoke of his death, six days later went up with three people, Peter, James, and John. And when Jesus was up there, his clothes and everything changed radiantly. And when Jesus came down, you guess what he found? conflict, and he found his disciples wavering. You know, he found a mess. Jesus came back from meeting. Imagine this. Here you're Peter, James, and John. You're, you're Jesus. You come down from this whole event. You meet, met with Moses and Elijah just kind of talking, and then all of a sudden you come back down, and you find out that the disciples who were close to you had run out of faith. There's a big difference, though, here. When Moses came down off the mountain, He came down and he was filled with anger and he broke the Ten Commandments. He broke them. When Jesus came down off the mountain, he found a broken father and a broken boy and he healed them rather than breaking them. And I want to share this verse with you here from verse 32 of, uh, from chapter 32, verses 27 through 28. And this is from Moses. Um, And this is what Moses did when he came down the mountain. Then he said to them, the Levites, he said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, each man strap a sword to his side, go back and forth throughout the camp, from one end to each other, each killing his brother, his friend, and his neighbor. And the Levites did as Moses commanded. And that day about 3,000 people died. You see, Moses came down from the mountain and he found unbelief and they started killing people. Jesus comes down off the mountain and he starts to heal people important because what we learn from this verse is what it says in Romans chapter 8, one of the greatest writings in all of scripture where it says, for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did so by sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. You should be excited about that just to let you know, hint, hint, nudge somebody and say, hey, you should be excited. Why? Because the law, this law that we look at, the Ten Commandments, and one person who can do it. And so what you deserve when you rebel against God is to have somebody go through the camp and just start to kill you because you're dead anyway. 
that 3,000 people, that's a pretty big slaughter. But when Jesus comes down, he sees the same mess and says, but I'm going to heal. I'm going to give you something. You know why? Because he knows about that thing. He knows about the thing, right? Tell the person, he knows about the thing. And so I'm glad that the law was powerless, but I'm grateful that God's in God's love. He gave us so much more. Because what we deal with, and you can fill this in, is mountains and valleys in life. Mountains and valleys. You see, on the mountain, we hear Father God say, this is my son who I love, hear him. But in the valley, you have a father of a son who's desperate and said, this is my son who I love, heal him. There are some things that God can only show you on the mountain, and that's a trans. Figuration. But there's only some things God can do in your life in the valley, and that's a transformation. Right? Let me, I want to say that again. The transfiguration, yes, it can happen on the mountaintop, but in the valleys of your life, there's some of the times where God can only transform you into who he needs you to be. And there's an old hymn that reminds me of this. The God of the mountain is still what? What the joy that I have is, no matter what my valley is, there's a God who's above it all. Anybody excited about that? All right? So there's a God who is above all this stuff. And so what I want to do, I want to go to, to um, Mark 14. Uh, Mark, Mark uh, 9, verses 14 through 21. And so you can follow along with me. It says, when they came to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them, and the teachers of the law were arguing with them. So now, not only do you have the, the, the Father and other people coming to them, and they can't do what that th the thing that they're supposed to be doing in the first place, which Jesus gave them authority to do, now you have the religious people wondering why and, and questioning them. Anybody had religious people, we talked about that last week, that start to, I'm not talking about faithful believers, I'm talking about those who like religion, and the spiritual people, right? Remember that last week? And that question you and what begins to happen, you begin to even waver in where you're standing. And so they begin to argue with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to, ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. The man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought, my son, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of his speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could what? They could what? Not. They could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long should I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. What Jesus says is, you suckers, I am so tired of you. God, get me out of here. How long do I have to stay with these, this mess? And I know he only says that, and put up with you. I know he only said that about first century Christians, right? Not for us. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help my, uh, immediately, the, he asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? And he said, from childhood. You see, this father at this point had some hope. He had been this way from childhood, so guess what? He's not a little boy anymore. Our, our, our Sunday school materials might show this little boy that he's bringing. He's not a little boy. He's at least a teenager, about 13 or 14 or older. This father has done this since he was a kid. He's taken him. Jesus wasn't the only healer that came through town. He has this hope, and he hears about this Jesus who's healing people, and he says, well, I'll bring him to him. And Jesus is up on a mountain somewhere, so he decides to go ahead and take him to his disciples. And he takes his disciples, and they couldn't do anything. Couldn't do one thing. 
this dad loves his son, and he wants him well. So he has this little bit of hope, but it's, it's draining on him. And he comes to disciples and say, hey, can you do the thing? Come on, do the thing. The thing where like, like the, the lame walk and the blind see and those who have demons. Do that thing. Come on, do that thing. Do it. Do it for me. And this is not the first time the disciples have done this. Don't, don't mix this up and think the disciples are like, oh, Jesus, he left us. What are we going to do? I don't know, right? No. If we go to Luke chapter 10, we find out that it says that Jesus had sent them out, and, and they were so thrilled because they were doing all this stuff. They were doing the thing. They were going up to somebody, doing the thing. And it says, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven or the book of life. Disciples had become so successful in their ministry that I believe they had come to a point in their life when they relied on their, themselves. So, so when somebody comes up and says, do that, do the thing. Come here, Chris. Chris, come here, buddy. Chris was really into worship today, as he always is. So, so they come up to him. They probably said, do the, do the thing. Like, come on out. Yay. And that doesn't work, so you go, come on out. Yes, yes, come on. Come out, come out, wherever you are, right? Oh, there we go. Chris is ready to dance. He's always ready. There you go. So they're doing the thing, right? They're doing the thing. Nothing's happening. Come on, come on, come on. Maybe, maybe they yelled at it. Come out! Maybe they, please come out. Come out, come out, wherever you are. All right? Maybe they did that. Or, or maybe they started to curse at it. Maybe they just started to grab around the neck, right? <laughs> Chris like, I'm just hanging in here, all right? So... But guess what? They came to him to do the thing, and the thing wasn't working. Thank you, Chris. Go ahead. That's here for Chris. All right. They came to, they, they, he came and said, do that thing. Do the thing that you've been doing. And they were doing it, and nothing was happening. Not one thing. No thing happens. Nothing. You know, that's what it is. No thing happens. Everybody say the thing. Say the thing. Do the thing. And nothing's happening. Here you have this father. He says, do what you did, and in Mark 6, where you, where you healed everybody, where you tell demons to leave and they obey you, where you anoint and pray and people are healed, do the thing. But nothing happens. And you don't think that this father is now losing all hope and frustrated? Look at what it says here in Mark nine seventeen. The man sees Jesus and he says to him, I brought you my son. I brought you my son. No, he didn't. He brought it to the disciples. But now Jesus is on the scene. You, you with me here? He said, Lord, I, uh, Jesus, I, I brought you my son. And Jesus said, oh, no, you didn't. I'm here now. I'm here now. He said, it didn't work. I brought him and nothing worked. And I want to ask you a question. Is it possible that you think you brought something to God and you really didn't? In your life? Is it, is it possible that you think you brought the thing to, to God, but you really just brought it to church with you? Is it possible that you say, I've prayed about this, but all you've done is just worry about it? Is it pros- possible that in your life you've said, you know, I brought it to God, but really all you did is talk to 10 people, and when they couldn't help you, you gave up that God can even do anything? Is it possible? 
Is it possible you're still dealing with the thing? But I got to tell you something. You may think you brought it when you brought it to church. You may think you prayed about it when you were. You may think you brought it to God when you shared it with other people. But I'm here to tell you right here today, Jesus is showing up to deal with a thing. And things change when that happens. You know, so I need somebody. Who's going to help me today? Who wants to help me today? Wayne, you always do some stuff. Come up here. There you go, Wayne. Put this on. Go ahead, put that on, Wayne. All right? Yeah, put it on. Put it on and come back up. Just put it on over top. You got it. You got it. All right. So we all ha- he knows about what? The thing. Guess what? Y'all have a thing. Every single one of us. And here's what we do. Here's my thing. Come here. Come up here, Wayne. Here we go. Here's my thing. There's my thing. And you know what? In life, you know what I do? I, I bring my thing with me everywhere I go. Come on. Come on with me. I'm taking my thing with me. I'm going to church. Let's go to church thing. Come on. I'm going to stand up and worship God. Oh, yeah. Uh, here we go. Let's, let's worship God. Okay. I got my thing here. Right? Here's my thing. Wherever I go, the thing is here. Here's the thing. Right thing? Yeah, there's you go. There's the thing. So, you know what? And sometimes if I try to carry it around, the thing's too heavy. Sometimes, sometimes I hold on to the thing. Sorry. I hold on to the thing for dear life. I feel the thing slipping away. I'm like, no, I know that thing. Even though the thing may not be good for me, I carry that thing with me, right? So here's my thing. Stay there, thing, all right, for a little bit. But you know what I got to do? I got to take this thing and bring the thing to Jesus. You know what Jesus said? Bring it to me. Bring it to me. Not to religion, not to a situation, but you have a father who's frustrated. You have a disciple who's frustrated. And now you have Jesus who's frustrated with all them because of the thing. Because of the thing. And listen to what he says in Mark 9, 18b through 19. He says, I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Jesus says, you unbelieving generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring me the thing. Bring me the boy. Bring him here. Bring him. And you know what's funny? Is when they bring the thing to Jesus, it gets worse. It saw Jesus and starts to flip out. Guy's saying, oh, great. I brought... Now I brought him to you, and the thing is flipping out. Flip out, thing. There you go. All right. The thing's flipping out. You know why? Because in our lives, we want to just take something and have a quick fix. You know how many marriages and people I talk with that it took them 20, 30 years to get in the mess they do, and they want it fixed in three days? You know how many people that suffer with depression and want it fixed overnight? You can't fix the thing overnight. The thing is there. It took a while to get there. We want a quick fix. Jesus, we, he saw Jesus and it happens again. The demons saw it. So here we have the thing. And I can relate to the Father. You know, and look in the scripture. I can relate to the Father. I, can, I know what it's like to want to help people with the thing. And they just, I can't give them what they need. And I, and I started to ask myself, God, who are those that I've given up on because of the thing? And I can relate to disciples because there's times in my life where I, I feel like I've done the thing before. I've done that thing and boom, takes care of it. But I do the same thing in another situation nothing happens. And I feel helpless. 
I mean, I'm like, come on, come on, come And nothing happens. Nothing happens at all. But in looking at this, I believe that Jesus also wants me to relate to the young man that we have here. The young man. Okay, we're going to let the thing sit down for a while. Keep your shirt on, thing. All right? Look at what it says here in 17b, the second part of 17 through 18. Son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth and gnashes at the teeth. Now I'm going to tell you, maybe you haven't been possessed by something right now. But I do believe that there's people here who have been robbed from the gifts that God has given to you. Here's a boy who couldn't speak. Couldn't live a normal life because that's what Satan does. He seeks to devour, kill, destroy the things that God gives to you in your life. Maybe God has you here to deal with the thing that is seizing and robbing you here today. You may have thought you came for another reason. You may have just gone by and said, I'll check this out today. And maybe God just wants you to deal with a thing that is seizing you. Maybe it's your desires, addictions, guilt, a past event. And you know what I find really awesome? Jesus isn't worried about, about uh, the only thing he's worried about is curing the thing. You know, he, he, how, and they don't want to know how it came about. He can say, how'd this start? He said, how long? And they says, okay, let's deal with this thing. Let's deal with it. I don't care about, I'm, I'm going to just deal with it. I'm going to deal with the thing. You got a thing, and you bring it with you everywhere you go. You know, we pretend, you, we, we have our thing, and then we pretend that life is awesome. Oh, it's awesome, and we go everywhere. But the thing is still there. That's why if you look in the front of your bulletin, you got an elephant sitting in your living room. Because we all have the thing. We all have the thing. And if you're tired of it, here's the good news. There's somebody bigger in this church. His name is Jesus who wants to heal and hear. And if I don't deal with a thing, it's going to kill me. So you know what we need? Come back up, thing. Wyatt, come here. Let's look at what the, let's look at what the guy said. Scoot over a little bit, thing. There you go. All right. There you go. In Mark 22, look at what it says here. He says, it is often, stand right here, uh, it is often thrown him into the fire or the water to kill him. But if you can do what? Here you go, Why? put that on. If you can do anything, somebody say anything. If you can do anything, please take pity on us and help us. Guess what? How many things? Any. That seemed like somebody who's desperate. Can you do any, anything? I don't care what it is. Can you anything? Look at this. Get close. Anything. My thing now becomes anything. You know why? Because I am desperate. I will do whatever. If you want, here we go. There we go. If I can, if I can, if you tell me to run around the street screaming, woo whoop de doo I'm going to do it. Anything. You tell me to do anything. The father had dealt with this for years. And you know what the deal is? We settle in our lives for anything, don't we? When we, when, we don't have an, when we don't let Jesus deal with a thing, we will settle for anything. Anything at all. We will settle for something that just makes us forget for a time. Just makes us forget here and there. And before we know it, we have another thing that has grown and be called addiction. We'll settle for anything recognizing that maybe the person that 
we're dating is not the one who God wants for us. And we'll just settle because we're afraid we're going to be alone. We'll settle for anything to make the thing of loneliness go away. You with me? Anybody, anybody here today? All right. So we have this. But, but, you know what? I need somebody else. Uh, let me see. Jacob, come, uh, come here, Jacob. Jacob pointed to Danny so he gets to do this. So come here. Look in verse 23. Verse 23. So we have, we have the father who says, if you can, right? If you can do what? Anything. If you can do anything. Put that on, stand behind Wyatt. All right. Uh, excuse me. Stand behind any. All right. He says, if you can do anything. I love Jesus' response here. Pay attention. This is awesome. Right? You getting excited? I am. He said, <laughs> Jesus says, Jesus says what? If you can. You see, Jesus has just come down from the mountain, and he's come down to this mess, and these people are lost, and he gets down there and they're saying, hey, you know, we got this thing, and if you can do anything, that's pure desperation. And Jesus says, you talking to me? I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. I can take that thing, whip it around, and make it nothing because I am the man. And the man, Jesus says, you know, if you can, everything. What is it? Everything is possible for the one who believes Everything is possible for the one who believes. So what we need to do in our lives, come here, is switch anything to everything. Here we go. Don't go too far. Here we go. Anything, anything to everything. Everybody say that with me. Anything to everything. There we go. Everything. All right? Here we have, stand up, anything is pitiful. You know why? Because here you have a father. Please, anything, anything, please, please. Deal with a thing, I need anything. If you can, anything. It's pitiful, right? I'll do whatever. Just please, 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 please. It's Father Ray. But now, here we go. Everything is powerful. Because Jesus says, everything. What's that include? Everything. Anything is... Grasping the straws. Anything is powerful. Pitiful versus powerful. And we need to move in our lives from pitiful to powerful. You came to church today. I'll give you an example. Some of you may came to church today for anything. I just need something to get me through this week. Just something. Anything to get me through this week. That's pitiful. Others of you came powerfully that you said in everything. I believe that Jesus said that I came that you may have life and have it abundantly to the full. Everything in my life. Not just something to get me through, but everything in my life. Everything. Everything. Sometimes, I want to tell you, the thing is not really the thing. Go ahead, you guys can sit down. Good job. Let's give them all a hand. Real good. Stay close. All right. Sometimes the thing is not really the thing. The man, the, the father came to Jesus and said, you know, I brought you because my son needs to be healed. If you can do anything, 
Jesus says everything is possible for those who believe. And look what happens in, in Mark 9, 24. He, what does he say? Immediately. There's Mark, right? Mark's back. Immediately. The boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome what? My unbelief. The father came with thing one, which was what? Heal my boy. But Jesus wanted to deal with thing two, which was his unbelief. Jesus said, you know, I can do, I can deal with thing one. I can deal with your boy. But before I do, you're here saying anything I can do. I can do that. You talking to me? If you can. But guess what? Before I deal with the thing one, I'll tell you, everything is possible for anybody who believes. And guess what ended up happening? Sometimes the thing is not, that we think is the thing is not really the thing. I'm not going to have you say that because I feel like I'm in Dr. Seuss again, right? Sometimes we are so focused on what we want God to do and deal with that we forget or we deny what God needs to do in us. Sometimes we say, God, you know, I, I, I need this thing. I, 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 gotta, I need you to deal with this. If you just deal with that, anything that you can do here, God, if you just deal with a thing, then it'll be awesome. And God says, yeah, I can deal with that thing, but I need you to deal with this thing. I need you to deal with that right there. There have been times in my life where I've, I've thought I needed God to deal with this, deal with a situation, deal with, deal with an individual. And I prayed and I said, God, you know, and God said, okay, I can do that. But Jack, first I want to unpack some things in you. I want to find out why you don't trust me in every area of your life, Jack. Because if you really trust me in this life, this thing would be nothing for me. And I could take care of it. But I need you to do something else. I need to get past the things that I want God to do. And I need to be like the Father. I believe, help my unbelief. Jesus did not heal the young man of his seizures just to heal him, but he wanted to heal all their belief. Everybody there is in bad shape at this time. There's a lot of doubt. So you may say, God, I need a better job. I need a better job. God, I need that job. God, I need this job. You know, oh, I need a better job. Come on, God, God, give me that job. Pray, 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 pray. God, 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 give me a job. Give me that job. And Jesus says, I can do that. But first, I want you to trust me in the job that you're already in. Okay, why don't we start there? And we'll see if there. So that if you're faithful with little, then when I give you more, you'll be more faithful with that. Bring the thing to me. I want to share with you a story in 2 Kings. 2 Kings, um, I'm going to give you a hint. It's after 1 Kings. All right. 2 Kings, and there's a guy there named Naaman. It's not a name you hear very often anymore, unless you're riding up in Wilmington at Naaman's Road. But it's not something that you hear a, a, a lot about, not a person you hear a lot about, but it's an incredible story. And I want to Naaman is called in the scripture as, in the beginning of chapter 5, a great man, an army commander. He, it says he was highly regarded, but he had leprosy. Okay, so here's this great command, has everything in life, but he has leprosy. And during this process... There's a, a, a girl that says, hey, you should go visit Elisha, the prophet in Israel. So he went to Elisha, the prophet. And, um, and so in verse 9, we're going to pick up from here. I'm going to pick up verse 9. I think you have 10. But um, 
I'm going to pick up in verse 9 where it says, So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. What was he saying? And here's what he says. He's like, come on, I'm here. I want you to do the thing. Because Elisha could heal. Elisha was a prophet of the Most High God. Do that thing, Elisha. Come on. The girl said, you get to Elisha, he's going to do the thing. He's like, oh. So he takes chariots and horses, and he's there, and he's riding. He's like, knock, knock, do the thing. Listen to what Elisha does. Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed. He didn't even greet him at the door. He expected Elisha to come out and, yay, go. Leprosy, you are now clean. Be clean, be clean, be clean. Woo, clean. Clean, 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 clean. He didn't even come out to see him. He sent somebody out and said, hey, go take a bath in the Jordan. Now, I got to tell you, I've been to the Jordan River, a couple others of us. I used to think it was this massive, incredible thing that was, oh. It's basically like taking you to the creek back there, isn't it? It's nothing wonderful. It's not. And what is Naaman's response? So Naaman went away angry and said, I thought he would surely come out and stand and call on the Lord, the name of the Lord, his God, wave his hand over the spot and give me a leprosy. He thought he was going to do the thing. And he never came out. Told him to go take a bath in a mud, muddy creek. No wonder Naaman's mad. No wonder he's furious. And then he says, then he goes, are not the Abana and the Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters in, in Israel? In other words, I got a Mississippi River where I am. I don't need the creek. He's mad. He's furious. Couldn't I wash in them and be clean? So he turned away, turned away and went off in a rage. Naaman's servants went to him and said, my father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, wouldn't you have done it? How much more than when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So Naaman says, all right. So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times. I love that they said dipped. He kind of just went, Ugh. right? As the man of God had told him seven times, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Why did God want to do this? Because God wanted to get to the thing beneath the thing. Elisha could have come out and gone. But God wanted to get to the thing beneath the thing in Naaman. Naaman wanted his leprosy clean. God wanted to break him of his pride and his anger. So what is the thing? What is your thing? Come here, thing. What's your thing? What is it? Y'all got one. I got one. At least one. I got a couple things. He knows the thing. He knows the thing. But I got to tell you, no matter what your thing is, I'm going to tell you something really awesome. You ready? Back to Romans chapter 8. And we know that. Look at this up here. And we know that in what? All things. Isn't that cool? We know that in all What? God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. But it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there at all. Let's go, let's go further in Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8, verse 35. 
Uh, let me see here. Um, who shall separate? Well, actually, in verse 31, it says, um, it's not up here, but it says, what then shall we say in response to these things? Now let's go to verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered sheep to be a slaughter. Isn't that a lovely verse? Oh, wait, no, wait, wait. Here's verse 37. No. Everybody say no. Why? Because in all, in all what? In all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor anything in the present or the future or any powers, neither height nor death nor anything else will be able to separate us from the love of God. In all things, all things, all things, praise the Lord. So what's your takeaway today? What's your thing? What's your thing? What's your thing? Bring it to Jesus and let him do everything in your life. Amen? All right. Wayne, you're up. You're going thing. Bring the rest of your things up. All right. So I'm going to ask you to stand where you are right now. And um, and we all got a thing. And I truly believe God wants you to deal with that thing here today. He says, bring it to me. Bring the thing that you think is the thing, but I guarantee you God's going to do, get to another thing. For those of you who are doing the baptisms stuff today, I'm going to say a prayer for you, and then we're going to go from here. We're going to do that at the benediction. Um, if you've got to change, do so in the bathrooms, because we do have closed-circuit TV. Right? Either nakedness, I just said that, right? It won't separate you from the love of God, but it will last online. Okay? All right. So, but right now at this time, let's just stop and focus on, on God and what he wants to do in your life. God wants to take that thing and do something awesome in your life. You've been saying, I need anything, I need anything, anything, anything. And he says, no, 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 no. If I can, if I can oh, everything is possible for the one who believes. Get to that area. I believe. Help my unbelief. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord God, just be with us here today as we sing this last song. May we shout out from the rooftops that we love you, that we have unbelief in our life, we have that thing in our life, but we're just going to trust that in all things we are made more than conquerors because, God, you can do anything and everything. And we don't just need to hold out for the ennies, but we can hold out for the every. And God, I love you. I pray that you'll move mightily in this place tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Sir Stephen Ministers and I, everyone will be up here available for prayer. I think one that's going to be in the back. Is that right? There'll be someone up for prayer in the back. Just worship the Lord in this song, Rooftops. So I'll shout out your name. From the rooftops I proclaim that I am yours, I am yours. All that I am, a place into your loving hands, and I am yours, 
perfect grace has brought me to this place because of you i freely live my life to you oh god i give so i stand before you god i lift my voice because you set me free so i'll shout out your name from the rooftops i proclaim
everything. Listen to your love. If you're, if you're going to go through the baptism day, just raise your hand where you are. Just raise your hand. If you're near them, just kind of like, just hang out with them. You know, just don't creep them, but just like touch them. But like, don't creep them out. All right? I creep them out. Who cares? Um, I'm just going to ask for a prayer with people. Lord God, the ones who are going to get uh, baptized or reaffirm that baptism today, this isn't just something to get done and something that we just do and say, yeah, isn't that cool? More importantly, God, is is an outward profession of our faith saying, you know, God, I've I've been living this life for anything, but I'm just trusting you for everything. I'm going to trust in you with everything that I have. And so, God, um, I just ask for your spirit to work within each person who's going to have that done. Uh, today and going to be participating in the service and and I thank you for the other people that they're going to say hey you're going to um, you're going to jump in with me I need I want you to be part of this um, or that are going to just help uh, it doesn't all just need to be me I'm just one of the body so God right now I just ask um, and there may be I, I believe there's people here today who came not prepared 
and you say, I don't care. You want to deal with the thing, but I'm going to deal with the thing, and the thing is you're going to go get in there and just clean your keys and wallet and stuff out, but it's all good. And God, ultimately, I just thank you for the people that you're going to go ahead and just um, just have your spirit move in them and say, I want to, I want to go ahead and do this today. And so, God, um, thank you. Thank you for who you are and for who each of them, these individuals are in the body of Christ. That we give you praise in Christ's name. Amen. Now, next week, next week you, um, you have a, a treat. Um, next week is the second week of the series, and it's going to be um, one different kind of freedom right here. Um, and you're going to have, and, and with you, I won't be here. I usually never tell people that because then you think, oh, I can't go to church. But you're going to come to church because my favorite preacher is here next week. It's my dad. And um, he preached for 40-some years. And because of health issues, last year was the first time he preached in three years. So um, he doesn't do it much anymore, so get ready. Because the old Methacostal is going to come out. <laughs> it's going to be a good thing. All right? So, so make sure you're here. And, um, and you will see him with physical difficulties. But you also see what God does. And so you do not want to miss him next week. All right? So um, that's going to be an awesome time to connect with him. So say hi to somebody. Hi, family. And if you're not going to be baptized, join us down there at the ramp down at Northeast Park. Love to have you be there as part of the people. Remember, if you're changing, don't do it anywhere but the bathrooms. Yes, if you haven't got your shirt from Jennifer, come down here. Jennifer's up front. Get your shirt if you're going to go baptize, get baptized.